0: Hey, folks, I'm Tom. I'm KJ. You know the drill. We're back here once again to remind you about the benefits of the Dunlap Champions Club. If you haven't sampled it still, well, find one of your friends or somebody that has, you know, the spring game in the rearview mirror. Certainly uh, some other folks got an opportunity in there to enjoy what is uh, just terrific space. Every now and then when you're hanging out in the Dunlap Champions Club, an MC Hammer concert breaks out too so you never know what you're going to get
1: and if you haven't had
0: the opportunity to even be there you can schedule a private tour just call
1: 850-644-1830 tickets are available it's a it's a home schedule that uh, you'll enjoy visiting
0: there and particularly if we're getting to those noon noon kickoffs you'll be air conditioned and ready to go well that is a good point i just in general i didn't want to have a noon kickoff conversation but i get your point point. and the home schedule of course includes miami nc state louisville syracuse uh whatever it is the number to call or, or, or go online seminoles.com uh, slash tickets and check out the dunlap champions club and we really like them because they allow us to then
1: put this on the podcast and it's without commercial interruption is that how we say it
0: this being front row knolls
2: take it away Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith.
0: Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ here. Keith, good to see you. Good to be seen. Good to be seen unfortunately the fairy tale just wasn't meant to be but that's old news now we have turned the page and
1: hired a new coach we have uh, and i am excited i uh, for a long time i think you were right behind me if not right beside me maybe even a little bit ahead of me thinking that uh, while it was appropriate to test the waters a little bit see what's out there i think the decision that has been made is the
0: one that should have been made all along and i'm happy 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 i have no doubts that they tested the waters. I mean, people have known for a year that this position was open. So there was plenty of time through back channels, front channels, however you wanted to, to raise your hand and say, I would be interested in that position. And I'm sure that there were quite a few of those names that we will never hear. At the end of the day, Mike Martin Jr., it's hard to argue with the success that he's had being associated with the Florida State program. But, and I knew this was coming, the level of angst from some has surprised me. Well,
1: the, those that uh, have the angst, uh, I would tell you, are not necessarily against Mike Martin Jr. They're the continuation of those that didn't like Mike Martin Senior. And you may disagree with me on that, but that's a little bit of no, my I take think on that's... it. And number two, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a quick little story. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know Ad Coburn when he came into to his position. I, I've gotten to know him just a little bit traveling with basketball, but I've talked to people that know him and uh, he even alluded to it, uh, David alluded to it in the press conference. Um, Coburn was not a Mike Martin Jr. fan and was not a fan of Mike Martin Jr. replacing his father as he went into this process. He, he labeled himself a skeptic. What won over A.D. Coburn and, and Thrasher as well is what Jr. did to prepare himself for his interview. That's what got him the job 100%. And I will also tell you the naysayers are the same folk that had the negative to say about John Thrasher coming in as president because how can we have a politician and not someone from academics come in to run our university? And Thrasher has more then uh, overwhelmed and won over those that were against him. And I predict that Mike Martin
0: Jr. will do the same thing once he gets into the position and is running it. I think that will happen too, but we could all point to examples. <clears throat> we could line up 100 on one side where promoting the assistant didn't work and 1,000 on the other where promoting the assistant did. Ultimately, the proof's in the pudding. We'll wait a couple of years. I do think, interestingly – that Mike Martin Jr. probably has a shorter leash than if you brought somebody in from outside. Now, maybe not at the end of the day. Maybe the line is three years, whether it was somebody fresh start. And I I hate to think this way, but because he knows everything about the program, he recruited the whole team, he knows who's being recruited, he knows everything he wants to do with the program, if things turn south, you you would more quickly, perhaps... Make another change than if it was somebody who came in from Oregon and didn't know the recruits, didn't know the high school coaches, knew none of that.
1: Well, and I've not had this conversation with Meat, but I would be willing to bet you, as long as I've known him, and we're not, we're Junior and I are not close. We've just known each other forever. I mean, I he grew up watching me play as a youngster, and I watched him play as a young adult, and and obviously have watched him in broadcast games as as assistant. Um, But unlike what others may think because he is so invested in Florida State if it doesn't work out Junior will be the first to pull the plug he'll he'll pull the plug on himself
0: in my opinion if it doesn't work out you may be right on that I hate to start the conversation with that because I think that it will work out I just to me some of the trepidation I think you're right I think it's for folks that didn't weren't fans of Mike Martin Sr And now you have Mike Martin Jr. But, you know, Mike Martin Sr. was going to get a grace period if things turned a little bit south the same way Bobby did. In his case, to his credit, they never really did. I mean, they made the World Series two out of his last three years. Mike Martin Jr. is not going to get that grace period. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. You may, If you win 38 games, okay, but you better be in the regionals still and, and, and advancing. I mean, if it's three years from now and you haven't been a national seed or you haven't been to the Supers, there's going to be some serious questions. And he knows that. And he knows that, exactly. We're, we're repeating ourselves. The other thing that
1: jumped out at me, because I, I made it a point to go to the press conference on Monday. Um, I just I just felt like I needed to be there, not necessarily to take notes and raise – questions, but just to observe and watch. And it was it was uh, unbelievably, in my opinion, revealing to some of the things that, that happened. First of all, Junior was very, very adamant to remind people that he's junior, he's not senior. And he went out of his way to talk about how there were things that he's been wanting to do all along, that his father would not let him do as the head coach. That tells me two things. Number one, appropriately, Mike Martin Sr. is a very strong-willed, strong-minded skipper. He was going to run the ship the way he was supposed to. And number two, meets a good assistant. He's a good lieutenant. He did what his instructions were. But now that he's in charge, he's going to make sure that everybody knows, I didn't necessarily agree with all those things. I did them. But I didn't agree with him, and we're now going to do it my way.
0: And I like that too. Assistance offer suggestions is how he put it, which is a good line and Very exactly line. what assistants do. He clearly drew a line that he has different philosophies. And that's all well and good. Of course, on the other side of the coin, now Mike Martin Sr. never won at all, but you're coming in and you're replacing the winningest coach in the history of college baseball, and the first thing you're going to do is say I'm going to do it differently this way, this way, this way, and this way. So uh, clearly it'll, it'll look very similar, but the, the batting approach was the most significant change he had. And that, at times, will look really good, and there'll be times when somebody's in an 0-2 hole and you think, why, why don't you take a pitch first, take a breath, you know? Yep. It doesn't feel like you're going to say that right now, but two years from now you might say that. I think the biggest thing for Mike Martin Jr., and he commented on his dad being even-keeled, and after a tough loss, he would still come in and smile and say the right things and praise the other team. Mike Martin Jr. is much more up and down. The highs are high, and the lows are low. And that plays as an assistant coach, but you got to get more towards the middle as a head coach or that act wears thin pretty quickly. Now, that may be his personality, but to me, much more so than what you're doing with the middle third fastball and some of the other things and switching dugouts or taking the names off. That is going to be a significant adjustment for him I, I when he walked in
1: when meat walked in i i chuckled to myself
0: you know when was the last time you saw him with a suit on i mean well he answered the question <laughs> at his own wedding right yeah. <laughs> i guess well for that matter nobody even knows his number because even though he's been number four
2: he's, start, always, he's
0: always got that, that windbreaker. Yeah, on. he's always got that pullover so nobody ever sees his jersey and plus he has a nickname in meat so we're not going to call him four I I do think, uh, just to finish this, and we got Jim Henry from the Tallahassee Democrat will join us, who has covered Florida State and Mike Martin Sr. and Jr. forever, but also is a baseball dad whose son Brian pitched for Mike Martin Sr. and really knows the lay of the land, and so it'll be a good voice to hear what what Jim has to say. Just to go back on this, you mentioned that the the people who are not happy with the move are probably people that weren't happy with Mike Martin Sr. There's also the contingent that thinks it's Jeff Bowden 2.0 and the nepotism conversation. And I just, and that's been well pointed out by everybody that it's, you know, it's apples and oranges to have that discussion. I do think though, to to broadly suggest that it's a nepotism thing, when you look at Florida State's hiring, I was just thinking about this and I didn't chart it, but I mean, just look at the, Sue Semrau came from the West Coast and Dwayne Holtquist was an assistant at Texas with no ties and Willie Taggart was not In a Florida State tree somewhere, and Stan Wilcox did not graduate from FSU thirty years ago before they hired him. I mean, you get Leonard Hamilton was a pro coach. I mean, you can go across the board with the coaches, and it's not as if they have Lonnie Alameda came from UNLV. Uh, You know, Mark Krikorian was in the Northeast. They have not just promoted assistants routinely to head jobs. So that conversation is based purely on Jeff Bowden, And, and unfortunately, it's the one perfect
1: storm in Jeff that that corrupts it or makes it bad for everybody 50 or 100 years after the fact and and you're exactly right they are so
0: different in apples and oranges that we could we could spend a whole hour talking about that instead we'll talk about the July pancake uh, stack at Madison Social which is uh see if you notice the theme here in honor of July and God bless America blueberry buttermilk pancakes strawberry syrup whipped cream and a sparkler so we got a little red, white, and blue with some fireworks if you get the pancake stack at Madison Social. There you go. We will come back and talk with Jim Henry from the Tallahassee Democrats. Stay with us. We're just getting started on Front Row Knowles. <laughs>
2: Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith.
0: We are back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ, and it's time to fire up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. Say hello to a longtime friend. He's one of the first media members I can remember meeting back in my student days. So uh, I'm I'm telling secrets about how old we are as we welcome Jim Henry to the show. Uh, <laughs> Jim, at that time, you were writing for one of the Bay Area papers, I think, but you're the sports editor of the Tallahassee Democrat now. How are you,
3: fellas? I'm doing great. I, I appreciate it. And, yes, it's bringing back some memories from long ago. Yeah, I
0: don't that. Know how that... old you are now? exactly
1: well, well your your hair fell out i've cut all mine off he still has his yeah well that's I, not fair henry that's not fair
3: <laughs> you you that's, are uh, well knock on wood i'll I'll take that one attribute so um i'm lucky i have my hair but everything else is falling apart
0: i don't know jim you kind of defy what media stereotypes are because you're actually still in shape i see you at the gym and you're still doing two hours on the bike and all that so good for you ride some extra for keith and i if you would <laughs> So what, yeah. what 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 was your thoughts uh, when you heard the news? Were you surprised? And you were right on top of this story. I know with the with the Democrat in terms of uh, when it be, when it leaked out or when it became official. But uh, you you have a lot of connections to the baseball program, given your son played there, and we'll get to that. But what, what, what's your general thoughts on on Mike Junior being promoted?
3: Yeah, I, I don't think really anybody was surprised. I you know I, I do think if if his name was his last name wasn't Martin, you know, it, with his resume and and how many years he's been in the business. I don't even think people would, you know, most people would be even having this conversation. Um, again, and does that, does he merit the job? You know, I, I think, you know, time will tell. I mean, I, I think he, uh, I think he did a good job on his press conference in terms of explaining his vision and his plans and what he wants to do and, and, you know, telling folks that, Hey, you know, he is not 11. He's not his father and that he plans to do things differently. Um, but again, you know, time's going to tell and, and uh, you know, he's going to have his own style. He certainly has, uh, you know, a different personality. He's certainly not his father in that aspect. And and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, who his staff is. I think that's an important part of the equation. And, um, you know, Mike Metcalf for sure is going to be one. I think that'll be announced here soon. And, and he needs to get a pitching guy in. So, yeah, uh, he's anyway, trying to put a lot of pieces together very quickly and, and, Um, It is going to be interesting. Jim, I made
1: the comment in our first segment that that, uh, David Coburn, in my opinion, going into this, was not a Mike Martin Jr. fan. But having spent time with Meat, and particularly in the uh, interview that that, that, uh, Coburn and Thrasher had, the way Jr. prepared himself, the answers he gave, the vision that he had – He won over a skeptic, and I think that went the longest way towards confirming with Thrasher that this was the guy they needed to go with.
3: Yeah, Keith, I I think that is a good point, and and you're right. I mean, they both kind of explained their positions during the the press conference, and and, and I got to talk with David and President Thrasher after the fact as well. Um, You know, if if there is an issue, I mean, I kind of do wish they would have talked to all of their finalists, just, and, and that doesn't mean, you know, Meat wouldn't have got the job anyway. But I think in terms of, you know, you take a, you take a process from start to finish. Um, and, and, and as impressive as Meat was, you know, I, I think, you know, the other other candidates may have been just as impressive. But, you know, David, uh, I talked to him after and he said, hey, we, you know, we had made our decision and, and we didn't really want to waste anybody else's valuable time. So I certainly respect that. But, hey, the decision's made, and, and um, you know, and and Meats hit the ground running. I talked to him last night. I mean, he introduced as FSU's coach on, what, Monday afternoon at the booster function Monday night, Monday morning, dawn early. He was driving down to Port Myers to start recruiting again.
1: And, again, for clarification for those that may not, and, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, when they had the formal interview with Mike Martin, they had some others scheduled. They canceled those or did not go through with those because of how impressive he was in his interview. Is that correct?
3: That That is correct. I mean, I, I heard the same thing.
0: You mentioned the name Mike Metcalf, who's going to join the staff. What can, he's, a, he's coming from the pro ranks, and Mike Martin Jr. has talked about wanting to get somebody with a scouting background or professional baseball on the team. And part of the reason for that, frankly, is that that's what Kevin O'Sullivan did at Florida. Uh, and so I guess the thought process there is you just have somebody that year-round is watching games and really knows more than, than a, a college baseball assistant truly can, given the limitations and the fact that you got to be coaching games on top of recruiting.
3: Yeah, and, and, and this day and age, I mean, all three full-time coaches are on the road recruiting. That hasn't always been the case at FSU. I mean, this past year was really only one in, in you know, Mike Martin Jr., so I'm um, the whole dynamics of recruiting has changed, um, and it's a full court press, and, and all three full time coaches uh, will be out on the road. Um, other programs have done it, um, and FSU is certainly going to follow suit. And, and Metcalf comes very highly respected. His um, father's the record setting high school coach with 900 some wins at Sarasota High, and um, so I think that's a, that's going to be a great hire.
1: Well, any, any any insight as to who that pitching coach may be, given that you you eat dinner on Sunday afternoons with a guy that can do that? <laughs>
3: yeah, you know, there's been all kind of names, you know, thrown out. I mean, obviously, uh, Jason Jackson at Alabama would, I think, would have been a wonderful fit. But you know, my philosophy always been it's you know right guy at the right time, and, and it's just you know I had not talked to Jason, but obviously, it just wasn't the timing wasn't right for him and. And they're doing such a good job at Alabama. Um, you know, I've heard a couple names thrown around. they guy got Stetson, um, you know, the guy at Kentucky possibly. I think there are a few others out there that, that he is talking to. And um, when I talked to me last night, he's actually said he was doing formal and informal interviews in Fort Myers while he was there too. So I do know he wants to get somebody on board very quickly that does have a background. In recruiting is established in that area as well, and again, that just tells you the importance of of where recruiting has gone. And you know, he was down there, he's down there now scouting kids for the class of twenty two and twenty three.
0: Jim, you maybe have greater perspective on this than, than others, given that you know you had a son that went through this. But to me, I think it's the, the, to the average fan. It's just not appreciated how difficult it is to recruit college baseball because even when you get all the top guys lined up, then the pros come and pick them. And I think this year the deadline's July 12th, and you might have 10 guys signed and, and or, or you think they're coming, and eight of them may turn pro. I mean, it's just a tough deal.
3: Yeah, no, you're right, Tom. It is. It's, it's, you know, you're trying to project kids out, too, that um, – you know, when you're talking to kids 14, 15 years old, I mean, physically they're still developing, and, and as they get better, you're right. I mean, they're going to have more options. Um, they're going to have more college teams looking at them. They're going to have potentially pro scouts in their ear. Um, and some, you know, may want to go to JUCO because you still have that opportunity to be drafted after one year instead of, uh, you know, going to a D1, depending on your age, you're not draft eligible until you're a junior. So it's, you know, it's, it's tough business, that's for sure, and, and these guys worked awfully hard at it, and and I, and I, like I said, I'm, you know, after that Athens Regional, um, you know, that's a huge win for FSU and the program, and I talked to Meet the following morning, fired him a text, and 7.30, he was in Atlanta traffic, you know, heading to a tournament, so, uh, you know, he's, he's always on the go.
1: Jim, is it fair if you go back, because you've been around a long, long time, like many of us, it, there was a time when Mike Martin Sr. would shy away, in my opinion, would shy away from those that were going to be eligible for major league draft out of high school and and as a result didn't take any chances at some of these big-name kids. And, and it appears that that philosophy has either changed under under junior or certainly is going to change under junior. Yeah,
3: and I, Keith, that's a good point too. I mean, you're right. It's such a balance. And I do – I. You know, I can remember even when Coach Soup was here and, and to the opposite extreme, you know, they were recruiting kids that, uh, you know, they were getting ridiculed or criticized for recruiting kids that they knew would never, ever come here.
1: Now that's the opposite of the pendulum, were, yep.
3: Right, they were such high-profile guys. And, and then everybody's kind of pointing to what O'Sullivan's done at Florida and saying, hey, look, you know, look at the guys he's getting. I mean, he's getting some high-profile high-profile guys that, um, you know, he's talking them into coming to to the university of florida so uh you know i I think again i i think that's a reflection too of your commitment to recruiting i I do think it's going to help fsu immensely and this is no disrespect to love them i mean but when you have three full-time guys out recruiting you know you're going to be able to cover a lot more and, and really establish those relationships at an earlier age too in terms of uh you know getting everybody involved
0: Let me ask you this related to facilities, Jim, and uh, let me set it up. So Florida State, you know, has been surpassed in terms of what the facility looks like now, especially when you look at the SEC and I saw Arkansas. Arkansas announced uh, an enhancement to their baseball development building. And the the cost went up by two or three million dollars, Keith, because they've added a tunnel now that goes from that building and comes out in the dugout, apparently. at the So they won't get wet when it's raining because you don't play baseball (laughs) in the rain. Right. So here's here's the point. I know it's an arms race and facilities matter, but in the sport of baseball, to me, it's not as significant because full scholarships are not offered. And so you're still dealing with kids from the state of Florida that no matter what Arkansas has, it's going to cost them a lot more to get 20% or 30% and go to Arkansas than to get 20 or 30% to go to FSU. So I guess what I'm asking you is, do you agree with that premise that while FSU does need to make enhancements, and I know there's plans in the works it's maybe not as crucial as what it is on the football side or sports that are full scholarship sports
3: yeah i, I bet i bet the baseball guys would disagree but you know um that is a good point you know Hauser stadium where well, you're right was the crown jewel for for many many years and it's it's been it has been passed i mean what Florida's already breaking has already broke ground on a new 65 million dollar stadium and even schools in the ACC, um, probably at least half the schools have, have either pulled even or, or passed FSU in terms of their facilities. But, you know, at this day and age with, with players, I, I think facilities are a big deal to, to them. Um, I know FSU wants to put, you know, cheer back seats down the, both, down the right field line, left field line, improve the dugout. You know, space, you guys have been underneath there. Space is extremely tight. Uh, had no air conditioning for most of the year this year in the locker room. Um, but, then, yeah, I mean, that's kind of answering the question the long way around. But I, I do think facilities to this generation of, of players mean something and, and as an important part of the process.
0: Yeah, and I, to be clear, Florida State does need to enhance what it has Maybe another way to look at it is to suggest if baseball was a full scholarship sport for the last 10 years, that disparity, you know, winning 40 a year might have been a little bit tougher putt, uh, and and it will get tough if they don't improve things.
3: Yeah, no, you're right, and there's those schools out there, too, that have, uh, they can offer more money in terms of, you know, they have other scholarships available. Um, So, you know, they're, like, I think Vandy, even Michigan, uh, you know, a lot of their, most of the kids on that roster are on some type of scholarship. Um, and, you know, maybe there's some a little more flexibility that way, too. But, no, you're right. And when you only have X amount of money and you're splitting scholarships and, and that type of deal, it's it's a balancing act.
0: I made the comment in the first segment that maybe the biggest thing that could be a challenge for Meat is that, uh, you know, his highs are high and his lows are low. And that plays better mm-hmm. as an assistant than it does as the head coach, because that can be that can become a grind in a hurry for the players, if the if the coach is that high and that low. Do you think that's going to be a challenge for him to balance that out?
3: Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think it'll be a challenge, but I do think he is aware of it. You know, uh, you're right. I, his personality is, is he's wired a little differently than his than you know his father. You're right. He's um, you know he if, it's interesting at the news conference he said he wants his team to play you know have an edge when they play well that's that's how he coaches i mean that's his personality and um i, I do think temperament is going to play a big role or play a player role i don't wanna say big but play a role in his development as a head coach and you know I, I think every now and then he's gonna have to take a step back and just exhale you know in, instead of uh he does wear his emotions on his sleeves at times but um, you know, he's a competitive guy, and and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But um, you're right being a being a head coach, you know, the dynamics are a little, you know, not a little, but far different than being an assistant. So I'll have to agree you there for sure.
1: We're of course visiting with Jim Henry, the uh, sports uh, editor for the Tallahassee Democrat. Uh, my last question, Jim, uh, and it was talked about at the press conference, but. You know, how how close are they to a contract? Are we going to see something unusual there, or is that just kind of a a loose end that'll get tied up real quick?
3: I think it's just a a loose end that's going to be tied up here very quickly. Um, When I asked President Thrasher about that after the press conference, he said it wasn't too complicated at all. I mean, I'm I'm looking for him to get probably a three year deal, you know, maybe with an option for a fourth. Um, I'd be curious to see what the money is. I mean, I'm very curious to see what type of budget uh, they are committed to. Um, because, you know, David had told us, and I think he even told you guys, just you know, uh, budget was part of the issue for baseball. I mean, salary was part of the issue um, on their search, and, and, you know, that's what David had said that early on. Again, that's not meaning that you just sell them for meat, but, um, you know, budget is part of the issue, and salary was part of the whole process.
0: Let me switch gears real quickly, Jim, and then we'll let you get going. The... Uh, the news about the restructuring boosters with the athletics department. Uh, matter of fact, I think the first official meeting of the FSUAA may be tomorrow. Uh, what's your, general, what's your general thoughts on the arrangement that was carved out?
3: Yeah, I've always been a fan of, of, I mean, you know, we, we all know we've got, we all have dear friends in both athletics and in the boosters. I think the boosters have done a wonderful job for student athletes in their mission statement. Um, and, and you know, when President Thrasher came out, what was it, six months ago, and said that, you know, he wanted these two working closer together. Um, and, and I do. I, I think it is a great move. I, I think they're able to bridge the gap in terms of, you know, maybe the breakdowns or any type of communication breakdowns they're having between athletics and the boosters. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a good move, a smart move. And, and um, I think the way it's set up now, you could, uh, you know, in the future, in terms of attracting leadership and, and that, that type of deal, at those important positions, uh, I think this setup is going to help.
0: Jim, we appreciate what you do. I always enjoy seeing your stories because when you when you get old like Keith and I, you remember the names you're writing about. When you find somebody that was doing this in 1994, oh, I remember him. Good to see that he's doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, you know, again, I'm you know, like I said, my son played baseball at FSU, and uh, I'm really excited to see what uh, you know mike martin jr can do and and i'm trying and i do agree with you know what he's saying i don't think there's anybody out there that's going to outwork him so um it, it'll it'll be interesting to see uh you know how this comes out and i, I do think everybody it will be in his corner and you know he does deserve a shot so it's gonna be
0: fun to watch yes it will be it uh and he's got his shot jim appreciate it thanks so much for a few minutes of your time
3: thanks bill thanks jim bye-bye
0: Jim Henry he's always as uh low key laid back as a you know what you know the one exception we didn't get into it and I'm starting to see this now uh and and my son's 8 I can't imagine what it's like to be the parent of a kid who's pitching hey, Jim was always down the right field or left field line you know probably pacing I
1: remember him I remember Randy Orvitz a long time friend of mine yeah. a long time uh, um um uh, trainer at Florida. Parents State. listening,
0: no, it doesn't oh. matter how old your kid is. And
1: and you know with Garrett, uh, you know I was so relieved. We, we've had this conversation. When you're a f- quote unquote former athlete, and your son starts playing, in particular baseball, they think that since you were a former athlete, you're still an athlete. So I I would always be the number three coach, which meant I was the one through batting practice. So I'm the one walking around with his right arm hanging down on the ground because it's just yeah. wore out. And when I was able to finally get to the point where Garrett was playing and I didn't have to coach at all, oh, what a red-letter day that was. And then I started
0: getting nervous. (laughs) Uh, We will continue this conversation. Our Seminoles.com insider is uh, standing by patiently. We'll get to Tim right after this on Front Row Noles.
2: Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith.
0: We are back on Front Row Knowles, and we once again open up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline to say hello to our good friend and Seminoles.com insider Tim Linnefeldt. Tim, you were just commenting how it's really been a slow month of June for you. Nothing to do. Plenty of time at the home front. I mean, I'm sure the missus has been happy, and your yard looks great right now, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah, not
3: not
4: exactly. Yeah, when I uh, I got home last week, I pulled up, and, man, my... uh, I'm not like a big yard guy. I'm not like obsessed with you know my gardening or whatever. But my yard looked like a disaster. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna need to pay that a little bit of attention uh, sometime between now and the next few weeks.
0: Well, the good news for you is there's pretty much nothing going on from now until uh, probably ACC kickoff, right? I mean, we're pretty much done with the sports year, aren't we? Yeah,
4: it's pretty quiet. You know, little things here and there pop up, but uh, but by and large, there's nothing uh, like scheduled, I guess. So if you're you're gonna you know do your your household chores now
0: is the time to do it. Well, come over and do some of mine, too, while you're at it. I'll do what I can do. uh, I don't think anybody was really caught off guard by it. I was a little caught off guard maybe that the news leaked as soon as Friday. I had been in the camp that it might be a little bit longer. We might wait until the actual World Series was over. But my sense is it got leaked. They went ahead and put the release out, and Mike Martin – or maybe he was that impressive in the interview is what sped up the timeline. But regardless, Mike Martin Jr. is the new head baseball coach. Your thoughts?
4: Uh, well, first and foremost, on on the timeline type stuff, yeah, I was kind of with you. I was surprised it came as early as it did, but then I think also, you know, if if you know it's him uh, and and it's been decided, uh, I, I'm sure from his perspective, he's telling you know, President Thrasher and, and David Coburn and the AD, hey, you know, sooner the better because they got to get on the road and, and get out recruiting, and they got to signal to to their recruits uh, that this is the case, and and you know, there's there's no. Uh, no, no time to waste, so to speak. I think you know Mike Martin Junior. He's on the road right now. So uh, at, at, once you know that you know, I, I can see the uh, the argument for, for putting it out uh, when they did. As for my thoughts, I mean, it's what I expected. Uh, I think we talked about it for the last month or so. Uh, I thought, I mean, I you know, I, I think he was always going to have the inside track on it. Um, I thought that once they swept through the Georgia regional, I thought it was pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered, and then everything after that. Uh, was icing on the cake, and as it turns out, there was a uh, pretty good icing uh, to enjoy there for Florida State baseball fans. But uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I think uh, it, it, it's it's well deserved for him. Um, I personally, you know, I believe in him as a coach and, and his mind for the game and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I'm I'm you know kind of excited to see uh, which way this thing turns.
1: Tim uh, uh, David kober made a big deal out of uh, saying that he'd spent three three and a half weeks you know, watching, uh, Mike Martin Jr. operate and, and paying attention to what he did both in Athens and Baton Rouge and then out at Omaha, you were in those venues. Did, did you notice that? Was that something that you paid attention to at, at, uh, you know, Coburn was really paying attention and looking at what meat was doing, uh, and, and whether he could fulfill that role. Was that noticeable to you at all? Well, you
4: know, I don't know. I, I can't recall, you know, him standing six feet away with a pen and paper taking notes, you know what I mean? Um, but he, but he was there, um, and you know the way that, that these things are, are kind of set up is like a lot of times, you know, everybody's sort of, you know, huddled together. You know, whether it's during batting practice, the, the Florida State contingent usually isn't far away during games. Obviously, they're 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 pretty close by, and then afterward, uh, the way that TD Ameritrade Park is set up is you know the clubhouse is here, and the interview rooms around the corner, and the batting cage is over there. So it's kind of a constant. Uh, flow of, of personnel so to speak and so the odds that you cross paths with any individual person are i mean it, it's going to happen you know probably 20 times if not more uh in a given day or, or, or a week or what have you so uh, i'm sure that you know if anything i think you know david coburn was, was kind of around mike martin jr almost sort of by osmosis just because of the way that trip is set up um and also you know uh you know mike i guess I, I, I want to I call him Mike Martin, uh, you know now, but uh, but Mike Martin Jr. I mean, he has a, a big presence. Like kind of a hard guy to, to miss. I mean, he's always uh, out there during practice, during batting, you know, batting practice, fielding, whatever. Um, you know, it's it's not you don't have to go out of your way to, to find him and observe him. Uh, and so, uh, you know, did I did I notice it overtly? I I don't know that I could say that I did, but it was obvious the two of them were in the same space a lot. If that makes sense.
1: Well, meat meat can be seen. He can also be heard. He's he's, sure. a little, he's a little vocal sometimes, you think? No,
4: yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he, he can be demanding out there. It's, it, it really is something to watch.
0: I don't think he said or was asked, and maybe he doesn't know, But then, depending on who he uh, hires, but is he still going to coach third or is he going to be in the dugout now?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think he was asked that. I wouldn't be surprised if he, he coached third. It uh, probably depends on, on who you fill out with the rest of your staff and, and, quite frankly, how much he likes third. I don't think there's a reason why he couldn't if he wanted to.
0: Yeah. We'll see see how that one shakes out. I know he's on the road recruiting right now. Did I see that – is Chip staying on as baseball ops guy? That's
4: my understanding, yeah, that he's, uh, he's still involved and is, is going to stay in that capacity.
0: Well, that's – I haven't talked to Chip, but, but good for him on the personal note. But uh, I will say this, uh, you know, when you come in and make changes – sometimes it's a good thing to keep somebody around who knows everything about everything and chip's one of those guys so meat'll have enough to worry about in terms of roster management and and game decisions he won't have to worry about travel and that sort of thing because uh, it's not the big shooters first rodeo if you know what I'm saying
4: for sure and, and well you know they have you, know, you know chips essentially known meat for what his entire life so you know they got some background of familiarity there and I'm, I'm sure you know answer you know Ch- answer to 11 first but I'm sure he knows the way that Meat operates and the way he likes things done and how he wants uh, you know, his program to run and can adapt accordingly. And, and um, you know, I suspect they probably had something like that already.
0: All right. So we talk about recruiting. I don't see how this could happen, but you, you make the case. It seems to me the biggest recruiting job Meat could do is to get Paris to stick around another year.
4: That would be a big one, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I thought you were going to say a. Uh, uh, recruit a, a top-flight pitching coach, which I'm sure is also on his uh, agenda. Uh, and I guess those two things are kind of one and the same. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, I think that's probably where uh, where the conversation has to be. And, and you know, I mean, it, it's kind of the same old, same old with, with college baseball players, particularly one like Drew Parrish, is can you convince him that sticking around for another year will improve his stock enough to counterbalance the leverage that he loses as a senior right I mean that's what we're talking about um guys have done it um and so you know it certainly is possible um uh, but it's also you know it's, it's a challenge and it's a risk um I certainly think that Drew Parrish look if, if the Drew Parrish in Omaha is the Drew Parrish of 2020 and that's what you get consistently or even close to that consistently in his starts, there's no doubt in my mind he'll be drafted higher uh, than he was this year um uh, but even still, you know, you have to improve a lot in order to to improve your financial situation because, you know, they know that you can't go back to school. So, uh, I think that's a conversation. It's one that I I think that that Drew Parrish is open to. I don't know, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a guarantee. But I, I, my understanding, and I could be wrong on this. Is, you know, from a couple of days ago, but my understanding uh, is that he has not made up his mind yet.
0: To me, I don't think it. If it comes down to finances, he's going to go. But if it comes down to you know, it's not that much of a dollar difference and I kinda like the college game better than staying in lower class hotels in, in rookie league ball somewhere. You know, I like the experience. Maybe maybe that's part of the equation. We'll we'll see how that goes. Tim, anything else on the baseball front? Then I've got a couple more for you as we'll broaden the conversation.
4: all right Uh if you saw the uh, the reports out there, I think Kendall Rogers from D One baseball put out that, that Mike Metcalf uh from the San Francisco Giants uh sounds like he might be coming on board. Uh that would be interesting. I know we we talked a lot, and, and, and Meat brought up uh, in his press conference the idea of getting some professional experience and some scouting background in on the staff, and that seems to kind of set that box. Uh, so, uh, so that could be uh, an interesting development as well.
0: Which leaves him just looking for a, a pitching coach on top of being out there recruiting. So, we're going to have meat on in the show uh, a couple weeks from now when things settle down a little bit more, maybe right up against that signing deadline when he when he knows a little bit more about what he's got for his first season as head coach. Okay, so looking back, the full sports year, obviously we had a national title for soccer in there. And we had Willie Taggart's first year, and we had basketball with a nice run and uh, you know, the baseball the Mike Martin story. Uh, unbelievable the way it played out with him getting to Omaha. So what what's the the biggest story from this past year from your perspective, Oh
4: gosh, uh, well overall, I still think you know it's probably football and, and the uh, the rebuilding project that, that is, or, or the renovation project, and, and and you know which trajectory the program's on uh, on a different. Now, I guess you were kind of in the middle of story, middle of the story there. Uh, at least we hope. Uh, beyond that, I mean. He, I know softball technically was, uh, on last year's academic year, but I'm going to cheat a little bit and say that, that winning, uh, two national titles in the span of six months, uh, in, in sports that have, uh, long been at the sort of the, the top of their class, uh, in soccer and softball. Um, you know, that to me stands out a lot. I mean, that was a really cool run for them. Um, and you always, at least in my mind, kind of think of, of soccer and softball as sort of being, um, linked together because they share a facility and, and, and they you know, they, they, they work so close in proximity to each other. So to, to see a pair of championship trophies over at, at that complex, uh, I mean, it was pretty cool.
0: Can you believe by the way, that Sue Semrau is now the longest tenured head coach here?
4: Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were talking about that the other day. That's, uh, that's something, and, and you know, man, it's really interesting. Uh, it's worth kind of diving into, I think with just on a state in general, um, I mean, this is a place where coaches come and, and they stay. I mean, obviously, you know, Bobby Bowden and, and Mike Martin, of course, are, are huge examples of that. But, I mean, Sue Semerhal's been here well over 20 years. Leonard Hamilton's pushing 20 years. Lonnie Alameda's been here for more than 10 years. Mark Ricorian, I think, is, what, 15, something like that. Uh, the the you know, the longevity, Bob Raymond's been here a very, very long time. I mean, the, the longevity and the, and the continuity among all the coaches is something that I – yeah, I haven't done the research, but I gotta imagine it's pretty
0: unique uh, about, well and i you know, I think that that's a really good point. We haven't addressed it a lot, but when you consider that especially among FSU folks th- there's not all FSU folks, so I um, social media FSU folks, but you have some that that email you, Keith, you know there's the sky is falling mentality when we get into the budget conversations and it's tough budget times for athletics at Florida State, especially when you look at the TV distribution that the SEC and the Big Ten are getting. Uh, And yet, this will be another year that Florida State's going to be in the top 10 of the Director's Cup, and all those coaches you just named have had opportunities to go elsewhere, and they don't have all the resources that they want at FSU, and yet they stay. One of the resources they have is there's pretty good student-athletes in the state of Florida. So I think it does, it just speaks to the point that there is a little bit more than just the almighty dollar, even though that dominates the conversation in the sports landscape.
4: No, absolutely right. And, you know, again, I I would be really, maybe that's a good summer story for me is, going around, the, taking a lap around the department, and talking to the coaches and saying, you know, what? what is it about this place that, that makes people want to stay? Uh, and, it's, you know, I, I think it's fair to say you've got a 40-year a track record of that now. It's, uh, it's really something something unique and special. And, I, and I, I'm sure, you know, every, every school has, you know, a coach or two who's been there a long time. But, I mean, at Florida State, it seems to be just about all of them.
1: Well, that was going to be my comment. I think if you looked across all of the sports, there's probably not another university that has the all-time winningest coach at that school, on staff together with all the other all-time winningest coaches right, at that school.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. Because Sue's there, Leonard's there, Mike was there. I mean, there's a lot of them, no question. Probably Trey Jones and Dwayne Holtquist and Krikorian, too. Yeah, now that you say that, it's half the coaches, probably.
4: I mean, Amy Bond, I think, is at nine years of women's golf. I mean, it's it's really something.
0: All right, Tim. Well, uh, before we give you more summer ideas we'll just Story let you get ideas. back to the yard Story where, ideas. yeah because uh your landlord is online too and he'd, he'd appreciate it if you'd break out a weed eater
4: <laughs> yeah man we'll uh, we'll unroll the old extension cord and get
0: right on it <laughs> our symbols.com insider tim lennefeld I shouldn't have implied it was a landlord it's probably the homeowners association in tim's in tim's case I say well, yeah, that's why you looked at me a little apologies tim uh, the homeowners association uh they had their architectural committee and they just walked past your house and they stopped and they scribbled feverishly on that yellow legal pad it's not supposed to be more than three and a half inches and they were out there with that <laughs> index card all right we're done for this segment we'll come back with more on front row right away
2: Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith.
0: Back on Front Row Knowles, that's a lot of baseball talk, but that's what there is to talk about right now. It is the topic de jour. More so than usual. It was just wrapping up the mike martin senior conversation i know he didn't win at all but the fact that they won a regional on the road won a super on the road won a game in omaha given where this season was just tip your cap and enjoy retirement to 11 uh, who I, by the way to it was announced today that he's going to be a member of the hall of fame class for 2019 at well State. they they in my opinion i haven't talked to anybody
1: <clears throat> pardon me but they uh, the hall of fame is usually announced a month ago or six weeks ago so I think they were strategically waiting to announce the members of it so that uh, you know Mike Martin could be included in it uh, without all the other stuff that goes on and, Do you think and two, it. think two kids I played ball with. Well, I didn't play with one of them, but two kids of my era are also in that group too, and uh, Mickey Dillard and Rick
0: Stockstill. Yeah, so Mickey Dillard uh, is in. Susan Kaiken, who was a great cross-country distance runner for FSU. Mike Martin, uh, as we mentioned, Dick Nichols. Gets in as well, and then you mentioned uh, Rick Stockstill, Carolyn Westrup, a golfer uh, from not too long. Well, I say not too long ago; it's been a decade, I guess. So the years add up. <laughs> Time starts to fly, right? But that's the Hall of Fame class for it. Do you think Mike Martin had a Hall of Fame career? I mean, you think we can go ahead and put him in the FSU Hall? You think that's justified? I, I, I think that's justified. It's,
1: yeah, yeah. All-time yeah, winningest
0: yeah, coach in the yeah. history of any sport, and that might get it yeah, yeah. That congratulations it. to 11 and uh and to carol as well she gets her husband back after 40 years i, I texted uh senior and
1: uh he, he texted me back i can't imagine how many he got but he said uh along the lines of you know thanks kj uh i said he said carol and i are delirious and i texted him back and i said careful 11 at your age that might be hurtful <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we get to the, the summer doldrums now, right, Keith? So the only news that will come out, so the, the College World Series will wrap up tonight, and then they'll compute the final Director's Cup standings, and those will be out tomorrow. I think FSU was sitting eighth, and that doesn't factor in where baseball finished. So they're going to finish, uh, you know, between six and nine, somewhere And the like age-old thing that Stanford
1: will win it because they have 117
0: sports. Yeah, it exactly. counted 20 times. But, but then we get to, to July, ACC kickoffs in the middle of the month. And then the team will uh, report sometime late July or early August, and we get into it. It's uh, it's right around the corner. We've we've neglected football for a while, but we're going to have to deal with it here soon. One of the things that was interesting to me during the Mike
1: Martin Jr. press conference is right at the very beginning of it, in walked Willie Taggart and Ron Dugans and and Dante and a couple of others. Staff, yeah. And uh, that was impressive to me. That the the football staff, a good number of them, was there uh, to support Junior uh, in that announcement. I think that's a twofold thing. Number one, in recognition to what his dad's accomplished, and I think their belief, as all of us do, that uh, you've promoted from within and you want him to do well, and you think, in, in, and I will almost guarantee you, he will do well. I, I, and I, that was fun to see.
0: He was very outspoken at his press conference about where the differences are between he and his old man so to speak and i thought jeff cameron on his show did a nice job in his interview with with me about that because that is a fine line and interestingly it's the same fine line well not the same but jimbo had to watch and jimbo and meat were tight for a while when he was here jimbo had to walk that fine line too about replacing bobby and somehow coming out and articulating that the times have passed him by while embracing all that Florida State football respect. was. Now, remember, folks, we're talking about when Jimbo came in. We're not talking about the end of the Jimbo era.
1: Respect the tradition. Respect the legacy. But build upon it. Don't rest upon it. And I think Meat um, did a very good job of articulating that. And if you've been around the program like you and I have, and you've seen I, – I mean, I've seen – Uh, 11 and 4 get into it. Not not the way a couple of times that Meat talked about in the locker room, but I've seen the disagreements, and they were not disagreements. They were disagreements of competitors. They were disagreements of competitors. All they want is what's best for those kids and what's best for Florida State University. It wasn't about... Son doing better than father, or father doing better than son. It was all about what does this do to make Florida State and these kids better. And if you've been around
0: them for any stretch at all, you know that's the motivation. And it's family when you're in those situations. Any sports team, you spend pretty much twenty four seven, just about three sixty five well, together. Kind of like
1: your, what I have to do to you
0: sometimes. No, we you, spend you you one a hour direction time that, that I 52. don't like. You don't. I no, got to you 24 in. I got to reel you in. I got to get you corrected. We are one seven fifty two. I think is that I do that right? Something. Like that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, it, it's enough. Whatever it is. Shout out to Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. They've been uh, longtime uh, supporters of the program. We want to keep them uh, involved. Tell them that uh, you listen and that we said hello. And uh, they probably could help Tim right now as he manicures his, his yard and whatever else he's got to do. They, they certainly have extension cords. If that's what uh, Tim is using <laughs> now, based I on think what he's looking for hired help at
1: this point, oh, I was fixing to say, he needs to visit <laughs> the, the, uh, one of the websites about how do you get do yourself, do yourself jobs done at
0: house at the house, just a couple more minutes to go. And I think we're, we're, we're out of topics here. So I'll just let you, uh, you know, it's, we really should have a deeper conversation. I hope Tim does do that story on the longevity here. Cause I get in a lot of conversations about the need to keep up and the ACC network's never going to produce the money that it needs and we're going to get lapped by the SEC and this and that. And ultimately, at some point, you know, maybe that could happen, but but things have stayed together pretty nicely considering some folks could have moved on and, and everything's not necessarily as pristine as what they'd like. I will not, I will I will omit someone, and that's bad. I should should not say anything. I
1: should do my research and bring this up. But last night, Tuesday night, I went out to get something to eat, bring it in for Kathy and I. And ran into. So it was your night to cook. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ran into longtime friends, uh, Dick Roberts and and Terry Long. They were at the establishment where I went to pick some food up. And it got me thinking about longevity. Well, Coach Bowden's still here. Uh, Billy Sexton's still here. Mickey Andrews is still here. Jack Stanton is still here. Jim Gladden is still here. Mike Martin's staying here. I mean, even when these coaches have been long-term coaches, they've they've chosen, right, wrong, or different, George Henshaw, to stay in Tallahassee in their retirement years. And I think that also is part of the attraction of Tallahassee, Florida State, the family, the recruiting base, and any of a number of things. But that is indicative of of how bought in and how comfortable these professionals are with this thing we call Florida State Athletics. What I
0: hear you saying is that we're stuck with you for a while. Not going anywhere, brother. (laughs) We are, though. We're out of time. A best-of show coming your way next week uh, over the Fourth of July weekend. Have a great holiday, everybody, and we'll talk to you again soon.